We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Transformative Principal Podcast, where we learn how to be an amazing educational leader. I am your host, Jethro Jones. Are you ready to be a transformative principal? I'm looking for about 10 people who are ready to do what it takes to lead with integrity, find balance, and take your school to the next level. If you're looking to improve your leadership in a measurable way, go to transformativeprincipal.org slash mastermind to see if you qualify to join a group of like-minded people who are ready to be the best principals in the country. All right, welcome to Transformative Principal. I am here with... uh Carl Hooker, who just gave a leadership summit here at the ASTE 2016 conference, and we're just going to do a little bit of follow-up about what we um, learned today. So you shared a lot of tools and great resources that I think helped a lot of the administrators and teachers and others who were in the room. Before we get into all that, will you start by just talking a little bit about your background and who you are? Yeah, so I I started out as a first grade teacher, and I shared that with the group today, and and, um, you know, very much not a tech person. I would just kind of by default became that person in the schools because I was like the young guy out of college and they're like, Hey, can you go fix my PowerPoint? So for about the first four years of my career, I was running around helping people fix things. I got a little stipend for it. And eventually I started seeing this internet thing as being um, kind of cool, not going away. So I took a, I got a master's degree in comp sci and said, I'm going to go try to do this in another school. And so we actually, a uh, principal was hired on a friend of mine who wanted to re- kind of transform a school in East in the East side of Austin, which is low poverty. And a lot of struggle. And she says, hey, I want you to come and I want you to teach first grade. And I said, well, I'll come, but only if I can do this position, which is like kind of an ed tech slash computer lab teacher. And she said, sure, we'll invent the position and get you to come. So we, I went over there and fell in love with it and just getting resources and all of that. And then kind of flash forward a few years later, I uh, was hired on by our technology department at another school district, the one I'm currently at, to be a virtualization coordinator, which is when you hear about that whole there's jobs that haven't been invented yet. That was a job that hadn't been invented 20 years ago, but now it's a job. So I learned how to virtualize servers and do all that um, and uh, decided quickly that I was not a uh, as techie a person as I thought I was. I love technology, but I didn't want to just be in behind the walls. I want to be out front and learning about it. So 
new uh, position opened up, instructional technology director, and I took that job. And then um, I didn't tell the story today, but about uh, two and a half years ago, I got tired of having technology in my title. So I changed my signature on my email to director of innovation and digital learning instead. And um, my superintendent called me into her office about a week later and said, I'm going to talk about this title change. When did this happen? And I was like, well, uh, it happened on my email a week ago. She's like, yeah, to make that happen, it has to be bored, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, God, I'm in trouble. And she said, no, I like the idea. Let's go. Let's talk about it. And we talked through it. We ended up letting it happen. So sometimes better to ask for forgiveness there. Yeah. Well, and I really like that story because that idea of, of just doing it because it was a good idea and it changes how you're perceived as mm-hmm. the director of innovation instead of a technology person. You can be focused on both instruction and technology in that situation whereas when it's technology you're just the it guy even if you're not really the it yeah and that's a big struggle i think that a lot of schools face and i see and i heard a little bit today but i hear this everywhere i go is that there's this kind of push pull between it and instruction Mm -hmm. and and you really need to have like kind of it needs if it's working well in synergy i feel like that's the most powerful combination if you can have both departments and like the tech side, our, our new guy that's over there now, he's got some instructional background, which is perfect. And I've got just enough technical background so I can understand, like when I asked him to do something, um, like open up YouTube for all our students a couple of years ago, he knew that I had spent a lot of time researching it and talking about, right. I know that it's going to present these challenges to the network, but this is why I want you to do it. Yeah. Um, and there was an instructional benefit and he saw it. And, mm-hmm. and, and But not all schools act that way. And like, there's a lot of push, you know this, there's right. a lot of fight. Yeah, um, there's always this idea that IT is one thing and instruction is another thing and and really i think we need to get away from that and really have it be all about instruction and making technology a part of that instead of some separate thing you know silo and you gave the example today of okay everybody take out your ipads we're going to do our ipad lesson now and how silly that is because you don't say okay everybody take out your history books we're going to do our history book lesson now you're not doing your pencil lesson today take out your pencil yeah so it just uh, making that mind shift is important, and having your title is important. You know, symbolic, uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of principals are using the title lead learner to help. I love that. Communicate that they yeah. are more than just a disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're doing these kinds of presentations, you had us for six hours today, yeah. and that's a long time. What's your goal for something that is that big? How do you decide? what your end goal is, what you're trying to get out of your participants. Um, in this case, I spent a lot of time talking to the organizer. I talked to Luke and a lot of the folks that run this event. And I said, what are some things, what are the challenges that your schools are facing? And, and we talked about a lot, this, the community up here, a lot of rural districts. And so you're talking about a lot of remote learning, sometimes a flip learning concept. His big goal was he wanted to make people connect and have connections, and whether that be social media or not. So I made sure that was part of the talk. But I also made sure that the activities that were designed, there was a lot of connection happening. So you were never really, even though you sat down at a table with the same people, inevitably you ran into four or five other people doing other activities just throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So for me, I mean, I do a lot of keynotes. That's comfortable because it's one hour. I can just give a message and walk out the door. In these cases, it's like I kind of broke it up into chunks and said, okay, for this hour, I want to really focus on this. And I make sure that because, you know, the human brain can only go so long without moving. I make sure there's always a couple of activities built Mm -hmm. into each one that supplement or support the activity. And then at the end, the big thing is, and I did today, is you want to make sure you give a little bit of time to reflect and say, Mm -hmm. how do I internalize this? And then how do I write it down and say, these are the things I want to take away from this. So I I built in that time at the end. And honestly, we don't do that enough in PD. I feel like... And some of the professional learning I still do in my own district, it's like we're flying, you know, our hair's on fire and we got to get yeah. out the door. It's three, it's 345, teachers are leaving. So trying to back up now and build that reflection in throughout the day is a new thing I'm trying now where it's like, take out your Evernote. Now we just did this activity, write a couple notes about it. I looked around the room today and there's people using 
all sorts of things, pen and paper, but it was great. Right. Everyone was kind of reflecting in their own way. So yeah, I think the thing is work with the organizers, but also talk about, and as you, as I worked with a group, I could tell, I kind of adjusted as we went. So I changed some slides, I changed different things. And I thought there, I felt like you were comfortable in some areas and there's some areas I felt like, let's highlight this and really kind of push this point home. And so I kind of adjusted as I went throughout the day, but I had a skeleton in my mind when we, when I showed up this morning. Yeah. So you, you have these brain breaks built in. Mm-hmm. What are your suggestions for principals and teachers doing that at their schools with PD and with students. How important is that? And what are some a couple of examples of how they can build in brain breaks that help learn and don't take away from they're not just having fun goofing off. Yeah, the, the dreaded we're losing instructional time. You know, right, watch yeah. out for that. Yeah, brain I think that I think the big thing is to mention there's a lot of good research, yeah. a lot of brain based research. And I shared just a snippet of it today about the fact that movement gets oxygen to the brain and how important that is for kids. I mean, actually everybody mm-hmm. to have some sort of oxygen to the brain. And the idea is if you're sitting for an extended period of time, your brain starts to kind of detach in certain ways and, and it turns out that about eighteen to twenty minutes is about as long as the average adult can go before you have to have some sort of transition. It doesn't have to be stand up and do a jumping jack or run around the room. It could be as simple as turn and talk to a partner or here's a problem, help me solve it or go on to this little formative assessment tool and use this thing to kind of get your brain thinking and making you active because we can't be passive learners for a very long period of time. So what I would encourage teachers and principals to do is there's a couple of sites that I go to for a lot of my information. I go, I use the hashtag brain breaks on Twitter and I'll search that. And man, there's tons of stuff and it's, and it's random. I mean, it could be, it's not all educational. There's like improv classes and just ideas and there's little five minute things that they can do. And then the other one I know a lot of teachers love is go noodle. If you're familiar with that. I've heard about it. Yeah. Go noodle is a, is that's like the kids dance. It is. And it's a fun, it's a great for transition time. And it's a time that's already kind of like quote unquote wasted time in the classroom because you're moving from this subject to this subject or our kids. We're going to go from the carpet to our desks. We've got a minute and a half to do that. There's a go noodle for that. And it's like they play the song and do the dance. And then they get, by the time they end up, boom, they're at their desk and they had fun doing it. So it's kind of built into the day. Um, that's better for elementary, but I've seen even high school kids doing it. It's pretty fun to see them. And I've had some kids actually create their own kind of own spinoffs of go noodle and then post those on YouTube. And so then we use those and we make our own noodles out Mm -hmm. of it. But I think it's important. I think it's a valuable thing. I think probably personally, I have a really hard time sitting for more than about 20 minutes. So having conversations is important to me as a learner. And I think I I feel like, would I want to be a learner in my own class? You know, when I used to teach out of the textbook a long time ago, I was like, I'm bored out of my mind. My kids are probably very bored. Yeah. So I think it's important for adults. We need to treat them like we want our kids treated, which we want our kids to be more engaged and student centered. We hear those words, but we don't do it to adults. It's, it's nuts. Right. So many times our professional development is really the sage on the stage. (laughs) No time for collaboration. Just one person saying, telling you don't do this, but we're going to do it. And I said it a couple times a day and I could catch myself. I was like, man, I've gone 15 minutes here. I've talked way too much. It's time to transition break. Mm -hmm. So breaking it up and chunking, it's important. So what are, besides chunking it up and breaking it up, what are some suggestions for, forcing yourself to do that when you're leading teachers in a professional development? I think you got to have a bag of tricks. I think uh, one, I have a little note, a little Evernote that I keep in a Google Doc, actually, that uh, I've been kind of brain, just kind of researching. I look at improv sites and things, and I have like kind of a list in my head, and I'll pull it up on my phone if I'm kind of if I'm in a moment where like, I don't know what to use, I'll just, let me see something different. And I'll look at the, I'll kind of respond to the audience. And so if the audience, if it's getting glassy eyed or they're getting a little yawny or they're not really participating, I'll stop where I'm going. And if I'm co-presenting with somebody, I'll kind of lean over and say, it's time for, let's take a break. And I bust out one of the, one of my favorite ones is reverse charades, which is where you have a participant actually do a, 
do something with charades where they like act like they're flying a kite and you ask them, hey, what are you doing? And they say, well, I'm riding a bike. And then the next per- the person who asked the question has to ride a bike. And then that person says, hey, what are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm fishing. And so then that person, mm-hmm. they kind of switch off who's doing what. It's kind of hard to say over on podcast. But you sure. Imagine. <laughs> but things like that. The other one I love is one of my new favorites that I've been using lately. It's called Knife Fork. And the way that works is you partner up first. And if it's a group of 20 or 100 people, it works really well. You partner up. And then it's it's team charade. So you say, okay, I want you to form a knife and a fork. And so one of you is a knife, one is your fork, but you're not allowed to talk. And then you know, I want you to be a boot and a sock. That gets a little awkward. You have to be real comfortable in each other's spaces. Right. And then you, you build on other ones. And so then you say, okay, now I want you to find another group of two. And now the four of you are going to create an automobile, your car as a group. So just creating these things. And by the end, it's great. If you have it with about 40 or 50 people, we could have done it today. It would have been great. You form things like, now I want you to form the Golden Gate Bridge. Mm-hmm. And so the entire groom has to get together and physically kind of be comfortable doing this. And you have to really kind of establish that improv idea of yes and we're going to go ahead and I talked about that a lot today of uh, let's be comfortable kind of saying things to each other because you have to be comfortable before you can just you don't just break that out first like I would have done it at the end because this group was really tight at the end but the very first day first hour you guys would be like what we got to do what yeah who is this guy who is this guy and why is he making us get up and do this but by then you guys are all like there we're all saying yes and and plusing Mm -hmm. things and adding to the conversation so yeah kind of scaffold it well and that was really masterful by you to get us to that point some of us know each other but not all of us know each other and i i definitely felt more comfortable interacting with people as the day went on regardless Mm -hmm. of who it was and that was i really appreciated that i thought that was very beneficial if you were a person in your session today Mm -hmm. what would you go back and do in your district as a result of what you learned today well, a lot of what I've done uh, in my session, I've actually taken from others, too, and probably hundreds of different sessions, a culmination of some of those things. I, I would choose a couple of things. Since I'm, I do a lot of professional development in my district, um, I would obviously, the brain breaks would be important to me. I'd probably do some more research on those and see, like, what are some more that I could take back and use and kind of figure out ways. Because those are, I mean, they're curriculum, you know, generic. It doesn't matter what you're teaching. It's always good to interject some of that. I'd find a couple of the tools that I shared that were also very device agnostic in general and say, how can we use these for kind of reflection moments? Mm-hmm. Um, Padlet, I used at the very beginning, um, first break to say, post that anchor and kind of drop your anchor. What's the thing that's holding us back? Get that out of the way. It's a great tool to use for end-of-day reflection or like, what's one takeaway? Boom, post it on here and walk out. So picking a couple of generic tools like that that I could use anywhere in any environment would be another thing. And then probably it's always good to have a couple of stories to tie to. So I shared, a, at the end, I shared a couple of stories, but I kind of try to intermingle them throughout the day. So I would maybe share like, oh, there's you know the story about the kid who was you know because the administration were able to allow him to kind of take things home he was able to share a story before he passed away i mean it's a sad story and it brings tears to my eyes every time i say it but um but it's real and it's what happens in our schools all the time we make decisions and we don't understand who they're affecting and so going back to our my administration and saying guys you know we're playing real scared here and it's what are we what are we causing our kids or costing our kids by not making the right choice or taking a risk yeah, and one of the things my assistant principal and I got called out to deal with a crisis back yeah, home in the middle of this, and one of the things we realized is, as an administrator, you have to be ready to change yeah. just like yeah. that and be in a totally different place and go, we had to go counsel somebody and be really intentional about what we were saying and then come back in and talk about social Reopen. media. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you've it's got hard. To, it's you, hard to do that. It is hard yeah. to do that, but it's so valuable to be able to be in a place where you can give that kind of effort to mm-hmm. someone else. And thinking about the students, as you were saying mm-hmm. with that student story you shared, that's how you make the right decisions mm-hmm. when you're not sure what the right decision is and right. when fear is preventing us from doing things. And so that story, I mean, it got a little heavy 
there at the end. Yeah, um, the room always gets very quiet. Yeah, and it's like everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh wow, okay." But that is really important, also, because that's exactly why we're doing this and yes. why we are working with these kids is to help them. Yep. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're tired from presenting oh, yeah, all day. How can people get a hold of you and learn more from you? Uh, Mr. Hooker is pretty much my moniker on almost all social media. So if you just go follow Mr. M-R-H-O-O-K-E-R on Twitter, Instagram, it's Hooker Tech. Uh, my website is and blog is hookedoninnovation.com. And um, I'm pretty much on all sorts of social media. I'm just trying Periscope now, which is Mr. Hooker. I've been doing that for about six months. The new one I'm doing now, Voxer, Mr. Mm-hmm. Hooker on Voxer now okay. too. Um, at some point I'll run out of tools, but there's like 15 of them. That's <laughs> so right. yeah. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. If you Google search me at like the first seven pages is pretty much stuff that I've posted over the years, podcasts and yeah. stuff. And thanks for taking the time and thanks for doing this. I love the idea of a podcast. This is Dropbox we're using. Huh? Yeah. So what it does is it records it and says it's right to Dropbox. Oh, perfect. So then it's saved in the cloud already and very easy to go and edit. get one. I need it. Awesome. Thank cool. you, sir. Thank you. Jethro, Appreciate take it. care. So that was a really great day with Carl Hooker. He was a really good presenter, one of the best that I've seen. I was really glad to learn from him and get more information from him. Um, check out the show notes. I got some stuff in there, and uh, be sure to give Mr. Hooker a follow on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening, and if you're new to the podcast, please subscribe and uh, share it with your other friends so that many other people can learn from this amazing resource. I feel so fortunate to have been able to interview so many great people to help myself and you become a transformative principal. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com to hear more great podcasts that will help you improve your teaching and leading. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.